0: Whoa, that's bright. Good morning, everybody. So glad you're here. And I'm glad I'm here, able to be here. Uh, For those that don't know me, I'm Bob. I'm one of the elders here at I-90 Church. And let's pray, get started. Lord, we love you. We're so grateful to you. We thank you that you are working in us, continually drawing us to you and and helping us to not only uh, desire to do your will for our lives, but uh, empower us to accomplish it at the same time. And we, we just receive that from you right now, and I pray that you help me to... Uh, speak clearly the things that uh, you placed in my heart to to share, and I pray that uh, you help me say it in a way where people will be inclined or ready to receive it, and and just help us all to grow individually and corporately as a as a as a body of believers, Lord, in Jesus' name, Amen, Amen. Well, um, uh, a few weeks ago, Trey introduced this teaching on uh, not not what I'm talking about, but but uh, on Colossians, and he just uh, so eloquently talked about these Colossians 2, 2, and 3, and and where it says, Attaining to all riches of the full assurance of understanding, to the knowledge of the mystery of God, both of the Father and of Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And he shared it in such a way, it's like, it was just like, so rich and so powerful and so to be desired, you know. And uh, I just appreciate our pastor so much because he is so good at at uh, sharing things like that, you know. Um, and and uh, so it so the uh, precursor to that part of the scripture is that our hearts are knit together. And so I want to talk about that a little bit. But I, but I want to start with a, a few things. Um, kind of uh, how we are in this world, you know. And there's a uh, there's a couple of scriptures in the Bible that talk about how God puts our spirits into us. Okay, not His spirit, which comes after we are saved, make Jesus our Lord. But He puts our spirit into our bodies, which is, uh, well, I'm not going to go into all that. But anyway, He He puts His spirit into into us, and it has a longing for Him. And it has a longing for other people as well. That's how God designed us. And that spirit that is in us longs for God, and it longs to be connected with other people. Okay, that's normal. You know, even with Adam, when he was in the garden, he was walking around with God in the flesh, right? And he said, it's not good that man is alone. He needs more than just the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, you know? And so, so God put in each of us this desire to have fellowship and connection with God and this desire to connect with other people at the same time. So it's knitting our hearts together is a, is a normal thing that's in our in our lives and so forth, you know. But then the curse happened, the, and Adam and Eve brought in the, the curse by eating of the, of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and all the curse happened. And one of the things that I, I had thought of this week, and I don't, don't remember uh, where the thought came from, somebody, somebody saying something and no doubt, you know, um, it wasn't something original with me, but, it, but one of the things about cur- the curse was that, that God said that the, the earth is cursed, and Adam, you're going to have to toil from this day forward. You know, you're going to have to work this land in order to be able to, you know, provide for yourself and provide for your people. Before that, evidently, they didn't have to think about uh, housing and, you know, safety and food and all that kind of stuff. They just lived. They just, I don't even know if they slept, you know, back then. I I, I don't know if they had sleep. They needed a bed. I don't know about all that stuff. But I do know that after the curse happened, man had to work and man had to do all these things to take care of himself. And that wasn't part of God's plan. And I don't know about you. I would guess that you're similar to me. But I, in my age now, I'm kind of grieved that I didn't have more free time to give into my children and to be with them and to be with my wife and all those kinds of things because I had to go and make money, earn a living in order to provide a house in order to provide food and all of that kind of stuff. But that wasn't God's plan. And I know, like... My wife and I, we talk a lot and have talked always uh, a long time since uh, we just celebrated our 49th anniversary uh, just a couple weeks ago, um, and we want you to come to our 50th next year. <laughs> Stay tuned for announcements for about anyway we we have we, we met in a drug rehabilitation program for those of you that don't know and right from the beginning um, we we were involved in talking and sharing and solving problems and working together and growing and that was how our life was established and that's how it's gone on the whole time but as and I don't know anybody that's talked as much as, as we've had over over all these years probably because we had a lot of issues to deal with maybe more than, than the average person but we really have worked at it and we really like each other and so forth. But you know what? Because of the curse, we didn't have nearly as much time as we would have liked to have to, to communicate with each other and to work through stuff and learn stuff, you know. And, and, and in our age, we're still finding stuff that, you know, in the, in the busyness of our life, little things that I would do that would annoy her and huge things that she would do that annoyed me. No, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. You know I'm kidding. Um, we just learned to, to, to kind of go along with those things and not really sit down and go, "You know what, what do we need to do to to work on this and, and to change and, and to not have that be an annoyance to each other we, Just because of time we didn 't spend that time to work on that stuff, so over time they kind of festered not not in a horrible way and stuff, but now in our, in, our, in, in our life we 're still finding some stuff now that she 's retired. Um, we have a little more time than we, than we had before to, to talk about some of those things. So we've been examining some of those things that we just have, like, put up with each other about. Not, not any big deal, but, but uh, um, do I take the time to give you an example? <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll, I'll give you. Like, for example, um, she's much neater than, than I am, and I'm, and I'm not a slob. But she's much neater than I am, and there was this conflict where it's like she would be she would be hyper vigilant about things being just so, and I would be annoyed, and I will. <sighs> <sighs> is there no? It doesn't matter how much I change; it's always going to be less than satisfactory to you, you know. And so this, but but most of the time we handled that and and wouldn't wouldn't uh, uh, have it be something that w- was a hassle to us but then we we began to look at what's what's the driving force behind that and we hadn't thought about what's, what's the driving force behind that. We just always thought she likes to be cleaner and neater than I am. And that's just the way it is. But, but we, we've delved into that and, and have found some solutions that weren't there before. And that only happened because we had more time to stop and reflect and think about what is annoying each of us about each other. Because we, we, want, we want more we want to love more in 2024. That's what we want, and that's what we're going for, and that's what we are working towards, you know. And, and so um, part of the curse is that we do not get to spend as much time with our loved ones that we would like to to be able to eliminate these, these tensions and frictions from our lives, okay. And uh, we've learned that. So we've got to work with that the best that we can. All right, let me make sure I got everything, because I wrote some notes down. I want to make sure I didn't forget anything. I'm trying to be a little more organized in my teaching. All right, so let's go to the next slide. So the curse, all right, now, now this thing here, look at the very bottom there. Curse. The curse brought evil. It brought sin into this world, okay? And it goes to the arrows. We're starting from the bottom. and working our way up. There was, there's evil and sin that was done to us. Sin was perpetrated on us, and then there's also sin that we did, that we chose and we uh, embraced and engaged in. Now, it's easy to think extreme, like evil done to us, trauma, abuse, all those kinds of things. And yes, those things happen, and yes, those things are horrible. And and need to be dealt with. And then there's sin done by us, you know, addiction, pornography, all those kinds of things. Yes, there's that too. But I'm talking about way back to things that were not god's design but we don't think of them as just horrible and evil and give you an example uh sin done to us i have this i have a i have a bunch of grandchildren and i am thankful for them and i love them and they're they're wonderful Uh, our our youngest one i've i've watched recently she's she just turned two and uh she's just you know how you know how babies are and and little ones uh, they're they're just so precious and sweet and innocent and all that kind of stuff you know and i and i've just noticed um when she's she's working so hard to learn right they just they just want to they just they just have this hunger to learn and get better and try things and do things and stuff you know and and i saw i saw this um where she was trying something and i don't remember if it was her trying to say a particular word or, or, or do something with her hands. But it was so darn cute that she messed up that everybody laughed, you know. And I know that even at that age, they know that they've done something wrong that wasn't quite the way it was supposed to be, that wasn't quite perfect, and, and they got laughed at. Now, not, not consciously where they're like going oh, okay, I've just done something not right, and everybody's laughing at me. But they are intuitive. They are spiritual beings, and they pick up on that, okay? And they know that. And, and, and everybody around, including myself, had no intentions of perpetrating that on her. But we, we do that. I mean, look at how popular uh, videos on YouTube of people failing. We love that, don't we? It's so funny watching people fall and, and and doing stupid things and stuff, you know. But we don't recognize when it's really personal and really intimate like that, we are bringing about a, a certain amount of sin done to them, okay? And and we sense it. I can remember, when I was a little bit older, I can remember I, I was... Yeah, I was, I was one of those kids that has a little bit too much energy for my body and so forth, you know. And uh, I remember one time I was with my neighbor, and I was about seven years old, and he was about five. And I liked to play with matches. I was a little bit... <laughs> Not, not like one of those budding psychopaths that are, you know, sociopaths that's, you know, likes to torture animals and burn things and stuff. Not that bad. But I did like to play with fire. And I was over there, and we were just playing with matches, and we were just building this little, this little uh, fire, you know, just like a little campfire, in my neighbor's garage. <laughs> and the mom came and caught me. And, of course, I'm the one that's instigating this whole thing, and I'm the older one and stuff. And that lady made me feel like I was the devil incarnate. She, I remember, I can remember so clearly. I'm standing at the, I got up and, and there was a panic and I ran. And I'm, and I'm standing down at the bottom of these stairs. And she's looking down at me and she's like pointing her finger at me. Telling her, don't you ever, you know, like that. I don't even remember the specific words. But I don't remember ever feeling like a bad person. I felt so bad and so evil at that moment, you know, and i didn 't have a relationship with that kid from then on, ever again, but I remember a sense of of shame that that i' so clearly to me that that uh, it's i 'm talking about it <laughs> sixty five years later or <laughs> whatever it is, okay those are the kinds of things that that happen to us throughout our lives that begin this shading of us into a place of shame. Can you even read that, what it says up there? So the sin done to us brings about what I call undeserved bad, a sense of undeserved badness, okay? And that, that, that undeserved feeling of badness has guilt and shame a part of it, but we didn't earn it ourselves. It happened to us, okay? To whatever degree. Some horrific degree and some smaller level of shame and a sense of badness, but it happens to every single person. It happens to every single person. Okay, then the sin done by us, okay, things that, things that we do, all right, we feel we internalize that sense of, of shame, that sense of badness, that sense of, of guilt, and I call that real bad. Okay, and then all, all this this information came from a Christian psycho- psychologist uh, wh- whose name is, is uh, Dan Hoffman, Hartman, uh, who also was uh, roommates with uh, uh, Cloud and Townsend if you if you know them, okay, And uh, this is part of the training that I had as a psychologist. But anyway, um, this this the other side, the sin done to us, we we know we did bad. We know we did the wrong thing. I know when I stole things. And I think I was set up but a little bit because like for example to justify myself. No, I'm I'm not even justifying myself. But this happened to me. My sister my older sister she would get candy. We'd always get candy like at Easter, Halloween, Christmas. And I was like I was like a sugar addict. I would just, I would just consume it. But anyway, and it was gone within just a few days. My sister, she would keep candy and not eat it for weeks and weeks and weeks. And it was just like, you know, what do they call it? Entrapment. It was entrapment. She was, she was setting me up to get in trouble all the time. And I could, I just couldn't resist. E- eventually it's like, no, I, I I can't hold back. And I would go in and I would steal her candy. And then immediately, mom, you know, and I'm getting, anyway. but I knew I was doing the wrong thing and I didn't care. I just wanted to eat that candy and I eat it and I got in trouble, but I knew it was wrong. I shouldn't be doing it. And, and those are the, those are the little sin, but nevertheless, in the level of innocence that I was at that time, it was still a shame, a sense of badness that was infiltrating the spirit that God had given to me, and of course, sin nature came alive in each one of us, okay? Now, this, the center part says, isolation from God, self, and others that's caused by sin. It goes along with that sense of shame and so forth, is this temptation, not just is temptation, but this drive to isolate, to disconnect, to hide the shame, just like Adam and Eve, when... You know, what, what God said, it's like, who told you you were naked? You know, this sense of shame, this sense, and they wanted, to, they wanted to hide, okay? And so as a result, we end up with this guilt, shame, and badness that's there. And we learn, depending on our upbringing, we learn uh, to, to cope with it or anesthetize it, meaning numb ourselves with addictions, with, you know, all, all different kinds of things. All right, let's go to the next slide. So, uh, the work of the enemy. The, um, he says in, in Romans chapter 7, this is, this, is, this is Paul, and he talks about it at length, but I'm just going to talk about this one scripture right now. Um, I find then the principle that evil is present with me. This sense of shame, this sense of badness, this sense of, of guilt, it's with him. It's with us. I find then the principle that evil is present in me, in me, in you, the one who wants to do good. And that's, that's you. That's us. That's, we, we want to do good. We want to do what's right. We want to make our loved ones proud of us. We want, to make the, we want to please the Father. We want to please people. We want to be a good person in this world. And yet we, f- we find this principle that evil is present in me, the one who wants to do good. Okay? And evil includes that sense of shame, that sense of badness, that sense of guilt, that sense of, I'm not measuring up. I'm not who I should be. I'm not as good as I should be. I should be better than this. I should be freer than this. I should be more spiritual than this. I should be stronger than this. I should be a better leader than this, you know. That's a, that's a part of all of that. I, I want to do good, but evil keeps me from being the person that I would really like to be. That's, that's what I'm talking about. I'm not just talking about people that want to go out and be, be evil, that's not who we're, talk- we're talking about, this sense of shame, how it holds us down. So, so the, the big deal is this sh- shame, this sense of badness, it leads us to isolate, to disconnect, because we're ashamed of it. We don't want other people to know this. We don't want other people to be aware of this. But that's what's going on. And isolation, as it says there, makes way for multiplication of sin. As we try to keep that which we are ashamed of separate, it grows that much more because we are stuck in our own minds and our own selves looking at that shame. And so we feel worse about it. And what happens when we feel worse? We behave worse. Okay? And so isolation is the work of the enemy. Let's go to the next one. So what is the release from this guilt and shame and badness? Well, spiritually speaking, and we are, as it tells us in in 1 Thessalonians 5, we're a three-part being. We are a spirit, we live in a body, and we have a soul. And the soul is what we think of as our mind, our will, and our emotions, that part of us, okay? Um, Our bodies, skipping down to the very last part of that, our bodies are going to be fixed when either Jesus comes back or we go to heaven. That's when our body's going to be fixed. I'm looking forward to that more each day. <laughs> For a number of reasons. But, uh, yeah, our bodies are, you know, they, they're not eternal. Our bodies are not. But we will have a heavenly body. Okay, so that's going to happen, as it says in Romans 8.23. But spiritually speaking, spiritually, that sense of shame and guilt and badness... It's eliminated spiritually the moment that we make Jesus the Lord of our lives, okay? Romans 10, 9, and 10 tells us how you do that. Confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation, okay? And remember I just read that one about uh, Paul saying that, you know, there's this principle in me that, that I do bad, you know, me, the one who wants to do good. Romans 8 is right after that verse, just a few verses after that, where it says there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So the shame, the badness, and all of that that we have, we're not going to be condemned for that. we were not condemned for that. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. So it is complete that work of setting us free from shame and that sense of badness is complete, spiritually speaking, spiritually speaking, okay? And it begins the process for us to live in this world without that shame, without that sense of of badness um, as we go about our life. Let's go to the next slide. All right. So the salvation of the soul, which remembers one of the parts of the three part being that we are that part living with good and bad because we still have this body and we still have this stuff that has happened to us. We still have this flesh. We still have this sin nature. We still have that sense of shame and badness. So how do we live with that here on this earth? Well, this is, this is part of it. Salvation of the soul is accomplished through the sanctification. It is, sanctification is simply the cleansing process. Cleansing process. We're cleansed completely, spiritually speaking, the moment we make Jesus the Lord of our life. But we are not cleansed in our mind, our will, and our emotions. Wouldn't that be nice? You know, it's like the moment that you made Jesus the Lord of your life. Never an impure thought ever again. Never a sense of doubt. Never a sense of inferiority. Never a sense of lack of. Word. Wouldn't that be nice? The moment you confess Jesus your Lord, it's all gone. Nope. Sorry, that's not the way it is. The salvation of the soul is the sanctification, which is the working of His Spirit and His Word into our daily lives. So, and as Paul says here in Romans chapter eight. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. So those that are still stuck in their badness, those who are still stuck in their shame and in their, in their guilt and so forth, they get consumed with the flesh looking for that to be a salve to, to comfort them in the midst of that sense of badness. And we've all been guilty of that. Finding things that make us feel good make us feel good and w- whether that's something completely innocuous or, or or something really bad like you know like drugs and and all that stuff like I did um, but the innocuous thing it's about motive right it's not it's not about it's like like eating is not a bad thing but when you're eating to make yourself feel good because you feel bad that's not a good thing right all right, so anyway, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. To, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So putting our minds on things of the Spirit is going to help us to break free from that sense of shame, badness, and, and guilt, and so forth, okay? But the problem is, and and, and uh, the devil knows this, and that's that, that's why, that's some of the, Some of the beautiful things that we have in our world for positive things, they can really wipe people out, like social media, like YouTube, like all the stuff. There's a battle for our attention because if we're putting our stuff on things of the flesh, we're going to be, we're going to remain immature and stuck in our badness. All right, so uh, let's go to the next slide. So the salvation of the soul the re- is renewing of the mind, Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And that's what he's talking about in Romans chapter 8. Renewing your mind is putting your mind on things of the spirit. Okay, so I wanted to just say a few things here. Number one, the salvation of the soul, renewing the mind, it's, it's our whole life here on earth. Okay, our whole life here on earth. I don't know what renewing of the mind in heaven looks like yet. I will certainly... I look, certainly look forward to it because once we die and we're in heaven, it's not like we're now like God, omniscient, just like he is. We're going to still have to learn and grow and so forth, but it'll be a lot easier without our sin nature, right? Um, anyway, it's a lifetime process. We're going to be working at it all the rest of our lives, and the more that we work, the more we can break free from that sense of sin and Shame and badness, and the more we can experience the greatness of of who God is, but it is a process it is a process that 's happening. Uh, the second one perfectionism is not the answer um, I, I, I tried that for a long time i wasn 't very good at it, but I tried it you know it was like we 're at church every every single morning for an hour of prayer, you know and and we we didn't we would not listen to anything that was not praise music, we would not go to anything other than G-rated movies, we just managed every little worldly thing that possibly could influence us negatively, and, and I mean, we were on it, we, we, were, we were so rigid, and we were so judgmental, and we were so critical, and that, not, that, that sword cuts both ways, you know, and so the harder we tried to be perfection, be, be perfect, the more we realize it's impossible. There's no way. And not only that, I don't even like who I am now because I think I'm better than everybody else or I think I'm the worst person in the world depending on whatever it was that I was looking at. Oh, I'm so spiritual. Look at the way that I live. And yet here I am still thinking like this and still behaving like this. What good is it? And Paul talks about that in Romans chapter 3. You know, the religious person or the carnal person, it's the same thing. So it's so perfectionism is not the answer. Is learning to embrace the reality, is this is who we are. And there's no condemnation in it. So forgiveness from God, that's the first step, you know, confessing our sins. He's, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us all unrighteousness acceptance of the badness that dwells in our flesh not trying to deny it not trying to hide it okay that enables us to better manage the sin and then it comes about through acceptance of us by other people which is really the the magic wrong word the miracle of the body of Christ we all know this about each other. That there is a sin in this, that there is a stuff that's happened to us, and there's a stuff that we have done. And there's there's plenty of reasons for shame and guilt and badness, but we are free from it. And we want to do good. We're working hard to do good. And yet we still got stuff that we're embarrassed of and ashamed of and, and struggling with. That's it's all true. And we learn, we learn to forgive ourselves and accept ourselves as we are embraced with our brothers and sisters and are known by each other and not judged by each other but are supported by each other and accepted by each other. It is the, it is the battle to fight off Isolation. Okay? Uh, the devil, our flesh, shame wants us to isolate. But well, we need to resist that urge and reach out for acceptance. All right, let's go to the next slide. When I was in the drug program, uh, there was this philosophy that it just really has, the, the older I've gotten, it's just really rung true with me. Um, and this is one line of that philosophy it says, Here together, And I think of that as, here in the body of Christ, here together I can at last appear clearly to myself, not as the giant of my dreams, nor the dwarf of my fears. And I don't know about you, but most people that I talk to, we kind of, you know, in in our immaturity, we vacillate between that giant of our dreams, the person we'd like to be, or at least the person we'd like to see ourselves as and hope that other people would see us as that as well. We vacillate between that and the schmuck that I am when I am not performing or being the person that I know I should be. You know. All right? So I really like that. Uh... But in this place, I can see myself as a man, part of a whole with my share in its purpose. We all have a share in this purpose purpose that God has for us here in this life, you know. And we just need to, to think about that. And as we are accepted and connected with other people, our share, our part, our purpose is clarified. And we work together as brothers and sisters supporting each other, and accomplishing that. It's a beautiful thing that God has planned for us. And so here's that other part of, of Romans 7 where, where Paul is talking about it. But it's, this, it's the same thing of this giant of your dreams, or dwarf of your fears. Uh, Paul says in Romans 7, who will set me fee- free from the body of this death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then on the one hand, I myself with my mind am serving the life of law of God, but on the other with my flesh, the law of sin. That's that giant of my dreams and dwarf my fears. Okay. Um, next slide. So um, the beautiful scripture that, that uh, Trey uh, expounded on a few weeks ago, you know, it begins with this. That their hearts may be encouraged having been knit together in love. Having been knit together in love. Any any people that knit in here? How about crochet? Anybody know anybody that's knit? Anybody ever? (laughs) Does anybody have any clothes on that's knit? (laughs) All right. So it's tightly woven. It's tightly connected. Having been knit together in love. We're not meant to live in this world, isolated, separated from other people, but connected with other people, knit together in love toward one another, helping us. I need my wife and other people to tell me, "Yeah, no, you're not the dwarf of your fears. I get it. You screwed up. You know, I mean, that happened last week. That happened this week. Can I just confess to you right now? Um, My wife made this beautiful little book that said, uh, I love... I can't remember the name, but it was I love, you know, and she gave it to me on our anniversary, which was just uh, 10 days ago. And she was gone this week uh, in, in in Arizona, and and we were separated. And um, And not once did I think to pick up that book. I only have read, like, the first five pages of it. And not once during that time did I pick up that book and read all the things that she loves about me. Not once. I'm like... Ah, I, I felt I felt bad about that. I felt terrible about it. And she asked me about it, So, how did you like the book? And I'm like, oh, I didn't even look at it. And what's she supposed to feel? Like, oh, y- you missed me, but you didn't even think to read the book that I left you here, of what I appreciate about you? It's like, wow. Hmm... And that hurt her feelings too, and and I, you know, I don't want to hurt my wife's feelings, and so, so it's like, we need each other, to encourage each other to say, yeah, you screwed up, but, hey, I love you, you're okay. Carry on, keep going, keep going, keep going, okay, so this having been knit together in love is the opposite of isolating, if your tendency. It, and desire is to isolate. you got to battle that if you want to grow, if you want to be free, if you want to live in liberty like God has designed for us. All right, I'm almost done here. Next. next one. This is one of my favorite scriptures. Uh, Hebrews ten twenty three through 25. Let's hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who, is, who promises faithful. And let us consider, this is one I really want to talk about, let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds. Okay. The more that we can engage in love and good deeds, the the less that shame and, and sense of badness has its clutches in us. You know, we can break free and more and more free from it all of the time. Okay? So I and then verse twenty five, not forsaking our, our our own assembling together is a habit of some, even much more so since COVID happened, right? A, seal a moment. Uh, but encouraging one and all the more as you see the day approaching. So uh, on verse 25, I want to camp on that for a minute. Stimulate one another to love and good deeds. That's our role in the body of Christ, <laughs> stimulating one another to to love and to do good deeds. We, this is when we feel the best, right? When we're doing good deeds and, and operating in love. So um, let's look at the next slide. So I, wanted, I want you to think about this right here, right now, what stimulates you to love and good deeds? What are the things, and in particular, what are the things that people say or do for you that motivate the best part of who you are, to love and to do good deeds? Think for a moment. What does that? What motivates you? What stimulates you to love and and to do good deeds. You know, because it's important um, that the people that are around us that could have the opportunity to do that would know what those are. Right? We don't intuitively know automatically what, what stimulates you to do... You know, and we know what doesn't work we know what doesn't motivate people to do good works or, or to love, and that is guilt and shame and all those kinds of things. That would be a good thing for, for le- leaders to know about <laughs> because leaders can do that, invoke guilt and shame to try and get manipulate people to do good deeds and, and to love. That doesn't work. So what does work for you and I give you that homework to find out what does work for your partner or your friends or, or or the people that you're close to or people right here in the church. Okay? Find out from them what does it. I need it. I need people to stimulate me to love and to do good deeds. Okay. I'm so thankful for the woman that I married because she has helped me be the person that I am and accomplish the things that I do. I want to do good things because of her. I love her. I want to anyway, but even more so because of her. Anyway, have you got a couple things in your mind that stimulate you to do good deeds? Because I'm going to have each person stand up and share with... (laughs) No, no, I'm not. Not really going to do that. But do you? Okay, good. My wife does. That's all that matters. <laughs> I'm kidding. So um, we could have the worship team come up here. You know, we've been doing this prayer challenge on uh, Marco Polo, and and uh, it's really cool. Um, I just have really enjoyed uh, connecting with people and hearing what people are experiencing and the struggles that they're going through and so forth. You know, um, and. Uh, And recognizing um, their need and sharing my need with them on a daily basis. It's really, really, I think, uh, been helpful for me. But I know there's some people that, um, I know there's some people in here that that need some encouragement, that need to be accepted, that need to be loved, that need to be um, just uh, loved on a little bit. And I'm not going to get weird or anything like that, but I would like to give those people an opportunity. So could could you stand to your feet? And uh and I just like to pray for those people that are that are feeling that way. You know, we are uh just this is a little church. We're not trying to be anything other than our part. I mean, everybody stand up. I don't. <laughs> but for those people that uh that you're, you're feeling that way, um, uh, we want to pray for you. And uh, so, so if, you're, if, you're, if you're needing that, if you're needing that sense of encouragement, that sense of uh, acceptance, that sense of love, that, that being cared for, would you just lift up your hands right now and, um, and let people around you know this? Okay? And this is not something you need to obviously be ashamed of or be feel bad about or embarrassed of. This is the very work that God wants to do is for us to accept, encourage, love one another. So if that's you, all right. So if you see somebody with their hand up, would you gather around them and just put your hand on their shoulder and just begin to pray for them. And you guys can make some noise with music. <laughs> while this is happening. <laughs> Thank you, Lenore. Lord, we're so grateful to you. We're grateful to that you put your, the Spirit in us to long for you, to live for you, and you put the Spirit in us that desires to connect with other people. And you've forgiven us through the blood of Jesus for the sin that has uh, separated us from you. And Lord, we pray that you help us to live in this world where we have this body of flesh. but Help, help us to live in it with freedom, the freedom of your spirit, the freedom of the life that you have designed for each of us. And Lord, help us to understand the enemy of isolation and help us to be free to connect and accept one another in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we pray for our brothers and sisters right here that are struggling. We pray for our brothers and sisters here that that maybe they're not struggling, they just need encouragement. They just need to be stimulated to love and good deeds. Lord, we pray for them. We love them. We, we we want them to have great success, a great sense of encouragement, a great sense of power, a great sense of liberty today and going forward in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we thank you that you have you have given us power over all the powers of the enemy. And so we just we just pray that they would no longer listen to the lies of the enemy, that they would begin to. G- further believe the goodness of who they are by the power of your Spirit in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for helping us to to manage this body of flesh that we live in and the the residue of shame and and that sense of badness and help us to to understand that, be okay with that, and embrace who we are and connect with one another in acceptance and love. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise your name. Thank you, Lord. Amen.